TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Come on, side, side, All right, y'all, it's me, Ed Lover, with another uh, another episode of Come On, Son, the podcast, you know, brought to you by CigarsInternational.com. Go to CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. You know, I gave y'all um Industry Insiders part of my podcast. I had Shanti Das on. I had Sherry Riley on. Man, I've had so many people from the industry on and a lot of insiders, but I will continue to do the Industry Insiders thing, definitely. But this is a little something special to me because you all know that I love cigars. Um, I'm a big Scotch fan. You know, I smoke cigars. I got a deal with CigarsInternational.com. Uh, if you go there and you check out, you put Ed 10 off and you get 10% off of all your entire cigar purchase. So go to CigarsInternational.com. They're my title sponsor. So this is some shit. I like to call uh, cigars and, and cigar, smokes and whatever we want to call it, cigars and scotch or smokes and scotch. But my man is in the building. Introduce yourself, brother. Hey, it's me again, man, Adam Pina. Adam Pina is my special guest today on this episode of Come On, Son, this podcast, because we want to talk about he's heavily into training, into boxing. We want to talk about his humble beginnings, where he came from how he got into the fight game. Uh, you used to be a boxer yourself, right? Yes, sir. As a child, as a teenager. Now, where you from? Tell people where you from, how you got into it, you know, everything. I'm from New Bedford, Massachusetts. Um, you know, the Whaling City. Um, they call it the Secret City. Um, I got into boxing as a child, seven years old. My dad was my coach. New Bethel, is, is, is that near Boston? Where is that? New Bedford. It's, it's like 30 minutes south from Boston, uh, strong Portuguese and Cape Verdean community. Now, Cape Ver- most of Cape, a lot of Cape Verdeans are, right? Um, Rhode Island type, right? Nah, they everywhere. They everywhere. But we in Mass, we in New Bedford. Definitely. So you, you Cape Verdean? I'm Cape Verdean and Portuguese. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, that, what is exactly, exa- you know, for a lot of people out there, we know what a Portuguese is. What is a Cape Verdean? A Cape Verdean is like an African Portuguese mixed individual. You know, it's uh, historically, Portuguese came and you know they did some damage over there and we had some mixed individuals and ended up speaking the Portuguese language but uh it's it's a mixture of of African and Portugal okay so what was wow that's quite a mix right there bro for real it really is and the only Cape Verdeans I ever met in my life every one of the motherfuckers was from Rhode Island I swear (laughs) to God I have never Met a Cape Verdean that wasn't from Rhode Island. Now, right? Rhode Island's strong with it, though. They, they are. They're like, oh, they're, they're mostly yeah. Cape Verdeans in Rhode Island, right? There's, there's, a, there's a lot. There's a, there's, a strong, there's, a strong, there's a strong foundation over there. But in, in New Bedford, it's, it's definitely just as strong. Okay, but Massachusetts was always known as kind of like a uh, – when you say it's – Boston especially is racist. How was New Bedford? New Bedford's not racist. I don't even think Boston is racist. That's just bullshit. Kind of, Boston not, is man. racist. It's not, man. It's very Boston bad. been racist it's, it's, from fucking day one. Stop not, that, it's Adam. It's not racist, man. It's not racist. What do you look, call it? What do you call it when I just saw a thing the other day on television when they was doing the school busing in Boston? Uh-huh. They're doing a whole thing on, on, on PBS about the changes that happened within the black community and black heroes. They had the first girl on there mm-hmm. who was from Boston. 
from Roxbury that got got bussed into other communities because of the segregation in the school system in Boston. And the white people out there, oh, they want the niggas to take over where we from. Yeah, leave the niggas home. And they had to have the National Guard and all that shit out there. I can't vouch for that. I can't vouch for that. But it's a a real culturally diverse. I bet you anybody in New Edition would tell you that Boston's a racist-ass society. I don't don't think they will. Not right now, it ain't. Maybe not now. I mean, everywhere was kind of. Historically, Boston is one of the most racist cities in fucking America. Well, well, maybe so. on the east. I wouldn't say New Bedford, though. See, I'm talking about New Bedford. Okay, well, okay. let's talk about But that's you a, said whole, you said Boston wasn't racist. I and mean, I'm telling you, I mean, I just, said, I'm just saying I can't vouch for that. That's they all racist saying. right fucking now. I mean, everywhere is racist. Georgia, not like, not like Chicago, Georgia is racist. Everywhere. But not like fucking Boston. Boston is some other shit, especially on the eastern seaboard. Now, New Bedford it's probably different, but Boston right, historically well, we, to we this gonna, day We're going to speak about New Bedford, Massachusetts, because right? that's where I was born and raised, St. Louis Hospital. All right? That's what we're going to talk about. What was what was your life like, what? early life in Bedford? Uh, New Bedford. New Bedford. Yeah. My early life was interesting. Um, I had a lot of, uh, well, there was a lot of boxing. Boxing was the, the forefront foundation of my whole family, my brother's. My dad, even my mother, was involved on a political level. My mother was the president of the LBC, the local boxing commission. You know what I'm saying? Very connected, you know, on two levels. Uh, I don't know if I could really say, but, you know, my mother's heavily connected. And my dad's heavily connected. But um, on, on my dad's side, it was a strong Black Panther um, upbringing. So, you know, as far as a child, you know, my, that foundation right there was instilled. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Just right. on, a, on a soldier level. So you said from, from the age of, mm-hmm. of seven years old, that's when you really started getting into the gym? Yeah, I was in there seven. I was in there six, but, you know, I couldn't actually legally compete until I was like eight. You see what I'm saying? They have but, they have a, a legal age limit on, yeah. on competition? You got to be eight years old to, to with USA Boxing to compete. Okay, and so I, from that whole time, from the time you're six years old, mm-hmm. you in the gym. Was it was it the atmosphere of your family that drove you to the no, gym? Because actually, a lot of six year olds, you think you're six years old, mm-hmm. you got your own thought pattern, mm-hmm. your own life. Other kids mm-hmm. are riding bikes, mm-hmm. they out doing whatever, playing mm-hmm. basketball. Did you compete in any of those sports, or was it always just boxing? Yeah, no, nah, I did. I did all that. I did. I, I mean, I played a little bit of everything, <coughs> but um, excuse me, um, boxing just. It spoke to me. I don't know. It just, it was watching Sugar Ray Leonard. It was watching just, you know, different individuals. I used to just watch on TV. Muhammad Ali, of course. Are we talking Wild World of Sports on ABC? Are you, or are we talking HBO? What are we talking? No, we're talking like. Because I go back to Wild World of Sports. No, no, we, we, I'm not going, I'm not that far. Right? <laughs> I'm 36, you know what I'm saying? Right. I was born 81, so, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, fucking 81, I was graduating high school. All right, so, you know. You're not I, a wild world of sports I, guy, no, right? I, yeah, hey, HBO look, and hey, all that. That's why you the big homie. You know what I'm <laughs> I play my position. I know where I'm at. All right, so so was uh, you you were talking about the fighters that that mm-hmm. you enjoyed watching coming? Yeah, right, like Meldrick Taylor. But it was just like growing up watching it. You know, I was like an angry kid. You know, my biological dad, you know, wasn't really around. So I think that really ignited a lot of anger when I was a child. So kind of had gave me a small chip on my shoulder. You see what I'm saying? Not like a heavy chip, but like, a, you know, a slight chip to where, you know, I wasn't a bully, but I was quick to, you know, put my hands on some shit Okay, so as a child. The, so the man who raised you is your stepfather? He's my stepdad, yeah. The Nathan, one who got you into boxing? Nathan Livermento. Yeah, they call him Pops. R.I.P. Rest in peace. He's a legend. Yeah. Rest yeah. in peace to him. Yeah. So you, you say your biological. I don't think a, a, a lot of men realize how important. Mm-hmm. As a biological dad, it is to be there for their children. It's very important. It takes the anger from them. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you in there, see, I had to change that cycle. Like, I'm a, I am I consider myself a good dad. You know, I got a son, and I definitely love him. I'm there for my son. Let's just get that shit on the paint. Right. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Because that made me want to be a good dad. You know what I'm saying? Because of that, you know, that, you know, a lot of people have a chip on their shoulder because of that missing link. And they won't admit it, but it's the truth as a child. You know, you know, you can't really control your emotions when you're a child. And what is is it the fact that there was no real communication, or was it more so that he wasn't there? No, it was more like I used to hear about how cool he was, and I used to hear about him. You know what I'm saying? I used to, you know, people used to tell me about him, and you know, you know, when your dad. You know, the, the cliche story, your dad tell you he's going to pick you up, you wait at the door, he don't show up. You know what I mean? That whole thing. You know what I mean? After about that four, happened to you a lot. Yeah, it happened a couple of times. I ain't going to lie. You know what I'm saying? 
But, you know, he picked me up one good time, took me out, got some Popeye's chicken. You know what I'm saying? My only memory. You know, that's fucking crazy. If that's what you, if that's distinctly about what you remember about your father, that one time, your biological father, that's fucked up. Yeah, it it, was. We we got some Popeye's chicken, and then we went go-kart riding, and I had the worst time of my life because the grease, (laughs) you know what I mean? The go-kart and the grease. It didn't blend. It didn't blend. It didn't blend. So I'm throwing up. And it's like, damn. You know what I mean? So that was like one of my one experiences I had as a child with my dad. I mean, we, we kick it now. We cool now. You know right. what I'm saying? But you how, know, did you get, how did you get past that, that anger <clears throat> where you're able to kick it with your dad? You know, I just, I used to see him a lot. You know what I'm saying? And finally, I just came up. I mean, because my neighborhood's small. You know what I'm saying? And once I started building my reputation and, you know, in my community, my dad would be in the bars. And, you know, in New Bedford, you'd you be in the bars. My dad would be in the bar. I'd just pull up on him. Like, hey, what's up? You know what I'm saying? And just, you know, got him a drink, you know what I'm saying? And then had my dad, which I call dad, you know what I'm saying? Both of them in the same building at the same time. Like, hey, look, Tim, why don't you thank this guy? You know what I'm saying? Because if it wasn't for him, I probably would have went down a, a, a crooked path. And, you know, I said, make they say thank you. He said, hey, 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 thank you. And that's all I want. And we move forward. Right. I wanted my I wanted my dad to get that homage. You see what I'm saying? Right. You wanted the man that raised you, yeah. that introduced you to yeah. everything that you know that was there for you every right. step of the way. I mean, he showed me hard work, showed me you know family, taught me, you know he showed me that position. I'd be like, hey dad, let me get a hundred. He'd give me a hundred. He'd be like, all right, we'll go rake the yard. I'm like, all right, well, I gotta go rake. <laughs> right. I gotta go rake the yard now. Right. But I got that hundred. He was a man of his word. I'd get that hundred. So you know, I understand. I started understanding hard work. I, you know, I work some, I get some. You know what I'm saying? Right. But that was the seed right there. Absolutely. And you just wanted that acknowledgement from your biological father yeah, towards your stepfather. You know, yeah, because you but know. But what I, was his excuse for not being there for you? I mean. Everybody got some you know, bullshit. <coughs> as I got Especially older. Especially you in the same fucking neighborhood. Yeah, but, right. Yeah, well, check it, right? Exactly. Right? But as I got older, I started realizing his character. He's not a very responsible guy. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And he's not really too, you know, he's got a few screws loose. I can't see him. I can't. Right now, I couldn't even see him raising a child. So I get it now as a man. But growing up, you can't really comprehend that. But with wisdom, you start to see somebody's flaws and what they're capable of. He's not capable to even raise, you know, he's not capable to raise a, a yeah, dog. You just want to get this motherfucker a turtle. So, so I mean, even on Father's Day, I'll pick him up and, you know, I'll take him out. You see what I'm saying? I don't right. really hold no, you know what I'm saying? You know, but that it, when I was like 21 years old, I did that. You know, and it was a major accomplishment. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And, you know, we, we kick it. We talk. I mean, we, we're like brothers more than father-son. You see what I'm saying? Well, you can't be father-son because I mean, we ain't it, raised exactly, you. Exactly, but my DNA, DNA never lies. One thing I learned. Right. You know, cause, cause because, <laughs> Biologics yeah, is biologics. <laughs> DNA, with well, DNA, because, you know, I'll be out, right? Biology is biology. And I'll be out, I'll be out, and, you know, some old Jesus will be like, hey, 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 you Tony Penis, son. Nah. And I'll be like, yeah, hey, you know that. But it's like, like they can see it in my swag. Right. You see what I mean? They'll be like, nah, you look, yo, I know your dad. You just like your dad. You know, I used to hear that all the time. Uh-huh. So then I started learning, like, you can't run from DNA. Can't run from DNA. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. That so, is so absolutely that, true. So, that, so that's that. So at six years old, here you are, mm-hmm. young Anna Pina in the, in the gym. Mm-hmm. Name of the gym you used to go to. We was at, we started at the North End Community Center, uh, right off Cogsall Street. North End Community Center. Tell me what the atmosphere is like. In the North atmosphere was rugged. It was cold. It was, it was in the winter. It was cold. You see your breath, broken windows, you know, spit on the floor, you know, snot rockets, everything. It was nothing clean about the joint. Everybody in there had a dream, you know, trying to win. It was, it was, it was, you know, it was something else. You know, actually, there was a guy that used to run the gym. He was a clown. And uh, my dad found out that I actually went to the gym. My stepdad found out that I was sneaking there. I used to walk there. Right? On your own. On my own. I'm gonna tell you how I found out about the gym, right? I used to be I used to I used to semi bully some kid. Okay. I bully some kid in the Either you was bullying or you wasn't. I was, You're I was a grown man. Alright, alright, look, I right, right, look, I was bullying him. I was bullying him, right? Semi bullying. I was bullying. <laughs> he was terrorizing hey, this kid. Hey, no, no, listen. Let me tell you something, man. He used to aggravate me when I was a kid, man. So I used to just like quick to put my hands on him. And he said, you know what, man, one of these days we're gonna go at it. I'm boxing now. And I was always inspired by him. I was like, oh, you boxing now? I said, look, we're going to have an agreement. I said, look, from this point on, we're going we gonna to have a mutual understanding. You bring me to that gym that you're at, right? And then we're going to take it from there. He's like, right, I'm going to bring you to this guy. I go to the guy's house. He's like, yeah, Wait you know. 
we're going to take it from there, ladies and gentlemen. I just lit up a Padron 64. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take it from there mm-hmm. means what? I'm going to stop fucking with you if yeah, you take I mean, me to the gym? I'm going to stop putting my hands you see how this motherfucker, hey. ladies and gentlemen, do you see how he wants to sugarcoat everything? This is hey. a guy that's hey. a friend of mine hey. that has an <laughs> very interesting background. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I wasn't trying to try, Listen, he was bothering when you do me. A bot, when you do a podcast, dog, you must swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, right, and nothing right, but the truth, right? right? right. Stop sugarcoating shit. Listen, you was bullying his shit out. I was bullying him, man. I was bullying him, man. And you told him if you take me to the gym, I'll mm-hmm. stop whooping your ass. Yeah, I'm going to tell All you. Right. I'm going to drop his name. His name was Jason Mason. That's a fucking strange name. That yeah, was his name. Strange his name was Jason Mason. No wonder you bullied the shit he, out of him. He used to, listen, he used to aggravate me. He used to aggravate me. He used to, I don't understand what he used to do. They used to make me want to get violent with him every single time, but I used to just put my hands on him, you know, so I was getting, I was getting, you know, bare knuckle combat practice every single time I seen the kid, you see what I'm saying, <laughs> I felt bad, but, after, you know, after as he, an adult, yeah, you feel yeah, bad, I mean, I mean my, I've seen him later in life, and I was like, Jason hey. Mason, yeah, well, I mean, we made did up, did you ever apologize to Jason Mason, yeah, I did, Mason? I did, actually, I did, you're a fucking prick, I closed, I closed, I closed the door on that, you know? <laughs> all right, so Jason Mason takes you to this, yeah. to this gym, hey, shout out to Jason Mason, you're getting, na- you're getting national exposure right now, Jason Mason, you know it's, what I'm saying, yeah, you are Jason Mason, you know? so <laughs> he takes you to the gym, and then what happens, he takes me to the guy, right, whatever, what do you do, you don't walk in there and just fucking, uh, I mean, I go to the guy. We're live, ladies and gentlemen, so excuse the sirens in the background. You don't just walk in the fucking gym and just start hitting the bag, right? You got so to kind of talk to somebody. I talked to the guy. He told me to go to the gym. So I went to the gym. I walked in. Mind you, it's like three miles from my house. I'm seven years old. I'm walking to this joint. So you know what I'm saying? Walking at night by myself. Okay. So that's the, that's the kind of reliability I had. You know, the I mean, what's that? Um, the determination. Right. Where and, was and, and, You know, yeah, as a child. Okay. So I'm walking there, and I'm going there, boom. I walk in, boom. And uh, I just seen the atmosphere. I seen, the, I seen it. It was going on. I just came in. said, look, I want to get it in. I want to fight. So what he did was he put, me in the, he put me in the ring with some white Portuguese kid, and the kid just pieced me up, just ASAP. <laughs> piece, 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 me, piece me all the way up. Piece me up. <laughs> Can I tell you a quick story? That, yeah. Because you had the wherewithal to go back. This white kid pieced you up real quick, right? I mean, pieced me up. His All name right. was Carlos. He was Portuguese. So, so you had... Kid played soccer and everything. So shout out to Carlos. Shout out to so Carlos. So you had the wherewithal to go back. Mm. Okay, so I'm an Ali fan. Right. My dad, when I was a kid, went to an Ali fight. And I don't know who he knew, but he got a picture of black and white of Ali. And he had Ali to sign it. He wrote my name on it and everything. Now, to this day, I don't know what happened to the picture. I don't even know if it was really Ali's signature. My pops might have signed that shit himself and you, brought it to me, you, you but I thought <laughs> that I had Ali's signature. Hey, I wanted the box because Ali was my favorite dude in the world. And later on in life, I got to spend a, a whole afternoon with Ali, and I'll do another podcast totally about right. Ali and the effects on my life and I, my afternoon with Muhammad Ali in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad takes me down to the local PAL, which is a police athletic league mm-hmm. for me to box. Mm-hmm. So my, my dad tells the guy, hey, my son wants to box, and he gets in there, and the guy tapes my hand up and put the gloves on me, and he puts me in there with a kid he tells me has a little bit of experience. Right. This motherfucker pieced me up so yeah, bad yeah, in the first me. round. I turned around to my pops, take yeah, these fucking uh, gloves yeah. off. That is it. See, that was it. I don't like getting punched in the fucking face, no, dude. Now, see, that, that right there. I don't there, like it. That right I'm sorry. There, I don't that right, body see, shots. Listen. I don't want it. So you know what? That right there is what will tell you, it will determine the fact whether you want it, whether you want it or not. I didn't want because, it. Because, all right, see, and that's what usually happens and with some And that's why people. I'm doing what I'm doing. And that's right. And, and, and you're very great at it, brother. Thank you. You're very, Thank you, God you, the fucking you, kid pieced you, me yeah, up because I wasn't yeah, doing it. You made your choice. So, funny. So, I walk home crying, crying. Like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Fuck your shit Yeah, up. nah, he, did, he, did, he gave me the word. I was, I was confused. I didn't even know what, like, your what I was. was bleeding Everything, shit. man. Just you know my eyes was burning, everything. <laughs> So I go home, and I'm just not, I'm not normal. You know what I mean? My mother and everybody's looking at me like, what's the matter? I'm like, ah, no, no. And I just start crying. <laughs> you know, just letting Smile it out. Balls, letting it out. And my mother's like, what's going on? I said, nah, I went to the jail. Come on. <laughs> Say, we can't use these kind of flagrant words. Yes, right? we can. Nah, man. In that crying. moment, that's how I felt. Right. You're seven? seven? What, you seven? Seven years old. I'm a okay, child, man. I understand that. Come on, man. You can't drop the P word like that on me. Come on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love you, though. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so anyway, right? So. We out there, you know, I go, I mean, I'm home, and my mother's like, what happened? I'm like, listen, I went to the gym. She's like, I went to a gym. My dad finds out about it. I was like, what? I'm coming to this gym. We go to the gym. We talk to the guy. We find out the guy's not really who we say he is. 
So my dad just gets rid of the guy. I'm not going to say what he did, but he got rid of the guy. My dad took over the gym. So now I spar the kid a couple more times. I want to get back at this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? But he's beating me up more. So I'm like, damn. My father's like, listen, you're never going to fight. Nothing's ever going to happen with you until you man up to this kid. You're never going to box until you fight. keep fighting this kid and get the best of him. I said, all right. Finally, after a few, several attempts, I started learning what a little. I started, I started 10, learning, I learned, I started learning more of the craft of boxing. Let's talk about how many times. I mean, it probably, it probably took, it probably took about ten times. Okay. And then, and then I, I but, but then I took him out. Took him out, and I was ready for my first fight. Ready for my first fight at eight years old. What did you do? Did you were you the kind of kid that would get up and do do the road work? Were you the, were you jumping rope? Were you hitting light heavy? Nah, I was jumping rope. I had footwork, man. I was a you know I was an amazing young man at the time. There wasn't a lot of young men doing what I was doing at the time. I was like a child prodigy, like no bullshit. You see what I'm saying? Like you know we we came up old school. The footwork, you know what I mean? You know everything that goes with that. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Right. So who taught you that? Was your dad training you? Nah, my, 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 my dad was training me. Who's the man that was responsible for my, 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 my dad, Nathan Livermento. But I was watching a lot. You see what I'm saying? That's why like, a lot of people need to know this. Like, you, get a, you learn a lot through observation, too. You know what I'm saying? Just watching. You know, if you're studying, you're studying film, you're studying, you're watching. You know what I'm saying? You learn. You, pay, you, you, you learn the essence of boxing just by observation. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Well, what could you learn? Because I ain't learned shit. I well, learned well, I was well, getting my you know, ass when I was little. Like, when I was young, I used to dance. I was good at dancing. So I had I rhythm. I am a great dancer I had, I had rhythm. I grew up in the 80s, you know what I'm saying? Dancing was like, you know, everybody Second did it. Everybody, everybody right? did it in hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? But I was one of them kids that go in the corner when the, when, the, when the gangs was outside and the music was on. They'd be like, Adam, go ahead, do that dance. You know what I mean? I'd get out there and just hit it. Okay. Kill it. So, so, so I had, so I had rhythm. So I had rhythm. You see what I'm saying? Natural so, rhythm and so, footwork. So footwork was like easy for me because I was talented with my dancing. You know what I mean? Just I had rhythm. I was born into hip hop. You see what I'm saying? So very so, popular man. I hear his phone going off as we uh. Yeah, it's one of my my, my producer over here. That's all good. We yeah, can yeah. still talk. You yeah, can talk. Yeah, I yeah. Like like I told everybody, we're not in the studio. Yeah. Thusly, that's why it sounds like a very. It's you can hear a lot of echo. Because we're not in the studio, we're actually in, not in a recording studio, I should say. We're in Adam's studio, Adam Peanut's studio, here in Sandy Springs, in, uh, outside of Atlanta, in Georgia, not far outside that's of Atlanta. Right, that's right. We're we, we, we in, we in Sandy Springs Body Works, right here. Sandy Springs Body Works. Sandy Springs Body Works. He trains athletes and fighters and actors and actresses. And people, and everybody. people of all. Doctors, lawyers, geeks, nerds, anybody. Everybody. 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 So, you know, you come down here and get trained also. So let's talk a little bit more about um, your background in boxing. So as okay. a kid, you go up to the next level? Do you, do you try yeah. during the Olympics? I did all that. I did all that. So at the end of the day, I started fighting, winning, 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 winning. Just, you know, uh, you know, as a child, you can only go, like, as my age, it was like silver mittens and things like that. But, I, you know, I had over 100 fights. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You know, That's a lot, lot of fights. A lot of wins, a lot of wins and about five gold medals to rack that up. You know what I'm saying? Did you go Golden Gloves? No, I was too young, actually. I stopped before Golden Gloves. It's ironic. When did you? Why, Adam? Because, you know, I, like, we're going to get into all that. But you no, know, that's go, what we're doing right now on the yeah, podcast. Well, we, yeah, we, you promised to keep it yeah. 100% well, real, authentic. Yup. And Listen. at the same time. Hey, like, you talk to him real quick. At the same time, you want to tell me what? happened with you you got all these gold medals you're doing well as an amateur yeah, yeah. young right, amateur right 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 so so you know i just you know started getting like my dad was like joe jackson growing up okay so i'm saying when i say he was like joe jackson i mean he was serious about this training shit growing up so i didn't even have a childhood so i'm saying from like seven to like 16 just strict you know just you know no mcdonald's things like that i mean we was we was dedicated about this lifestyle and just things was happening internally at the home and personal things. You know, my sister was doing a little dirt. My pops was, you know, alcoholism. A lot of issues internally in the home to where I was losing focus on what I was good at. I didn't have the right management or people behind me believing in me for me to believe in myself okay. to, what I, to what I can conquer. You see what I'm saying? So I started getting into the mischief like anybody else. You see what I'm saying? So you started Adam. 
I start. I start. Will you please explain. Yeah. I'm the last time I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, what, yeah, how much fuck was you doing? Well, well, Is the statute of limitations up on the shit nah, you did? Nah, nah. Okay, then we yeah. can't go into detail. So you was living a street life. No, I mean I can't say street life. I'm not gonna get into that. I'm not even gonna say street life because I wasn't like a street dude. You know what I'm saying? I was a I was a funny guy. You know, I graduated high school. You know what I'm saying? I had dreams and hopes of being maybe an actor comedian some shit you know what I'm saying because I really wasn't worrying about being a tough guy because I had hands all my life you know what I'm saying nobody really bothered me right like that so I was like I had character so what I'm saying but then like you know fast and you know moving forward you know I was looking at the money you know what I'm saying I was looking at different avenues to get some money was doing different things this is when P Diddy and Russell Simmons was making an impact and mm-hmm. wanted to get into industry of music yeah left boxing on left boxing I said you know but I was always involved politically I was always you know connected to the ties one thing about boxing is it's a small world even if you box in 88 you know everybody still it's a fraternity yeah it's like you know it's brotherhood you see what I'm saying like you know you still got the if you was a winner you know what I'm saying if you was a loser they, you know you was forgotten about but if you was on that winning team, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the winners know the winners. You know what I mean? So, you know, that was always my passion. Boxing was always like my family foundation. But moving forward, talking about like how I was going to get some money, do whatever I was going to do. I, I was always into the music. I started a promotional label called Adam Bomb Promotions. Okay. I got into the music game. You see what I'm saying? I did pretty I did pretty well with it, were too. You, what, what kind of stuff were you promoting? Artists? I was promoting artists. You know, I didn't have the money, the revenue back to have a record label. So I said, I'm going to be a promoter to get you to the record label. And promoting then, concerts, had people promo- Yeah, to yeah, you. y'all, and all that. Just everything that put can you, Adam. Can you care to name some of the people? Um, doing stuff I mean, with? I was doing, well, locally, I had a kid named Rock King, um, guy named Silo. He's still re- relevant right now. These guys didn't break, but they still, to me, like, they, they golden. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um crew named Seven Headed Angel, you know, that these are all like New Bedford legends, you know what I'm saying? Um, okay. um, you know, shout out to Scott King, he's like the, you know, the beat maker, original, done dotted with that, um, but, you know, uh, Silaw, uh, Betrayal, uh, Chiz Mack, shout out, Rock King, and that's, that's the, these were my people, these are actually the best in Massachusetts right now. Okay. These individuals still right now, I can make, you can Google them, YouTube them, they the best. Hip hop. But I grew up with these people, you see what I'm saying? So okay. I felt it was like organic to, if I was going to blow, it was going to be with these individuals, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of lot of liability, a lot of things happening with, within that whole hip-hop genre, you know what I mean? Like throwing parties, somebody shoot the shit up, I'm liable for that shit now. Yeah. All that shit. So, you know, then there was a young boy by the name of Tasman, Tasman Soares, um, that caught my attention, you know? Uh-huh. And he was a, a young, great individual. You would have loved this kid, man. But he got murdered. Um, oh, man. Yeah, God he got You know, so. people took him, t- took him from the world. Mm. Dumb early. Yeah, and, then, you know, he didn't have too much. Um, you know, I had to uh, bury the kid. I had to do the eulogy. Oh, wow. Things like that would change the direction of where I felt where I was going with that business. You feel what I'm saying? So where did you go after that? Um, I... Short, shortly after that, went to jail. <laughs> for what? Uh, self-defense for murder. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ironically, yeah. And how long did they uh, have you locked down? Uh, about two and a half years to fight that case. It took you two and a half years to fight it? Or? Yeah, two and a half years to fight it. Two and a half years to fight that. So during the whole time you're fighting the case, you are, you're in jail without bail? No, no bail, none of that. How do you... And this is a... Maybe a silly question. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's a silly question, no. but I often ask people that have been locked down. I just mm-hmm. had a friend of mine, Johnny Boy. Shout out Johnny Boy that just came home after doing 10 Federal. Right. How do you wrap your mind mm-hmm. around this? Because you're free your whole life. Right. And now all of a sudden you're incarcerated. How do you wrap your mind around that? You know, I'm going to tell you about how I was built first. I think, you know, you have to be grounded in who you are and what you stand for before you can suffer any type of consequence. Like I told you, like I came from a Black Panther foundation. I came from good people. I came from, you know, I came, I was raised good. I grew up with values and morals and integrity. So, you know, I told you the case was self-defense. So it was something that I believed in my heart was right. So 
you can you can wrap your mind around it when your heart's in it. You see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if you if you feel guilty, you know, guilty men are afraid of consequences. You see what I'm saying? Like you know, when 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 you believe in yourself, you know what's right. You know, in your heart, not by law, but you know what's right. You know, you you gonna have dignity, integrity, and those are the two most important elements. Like if you're locked up is that dignity and integrity, because they try to take that from you. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The world will tell you, the cause, especially if you're charged with murder, like, oh, you're a murderer, you're a piece of shit, you're this, you're that. But it's like, look, you did know. They, you, did, did they tell you the copper plate? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, of course. Yeah, but I ain't taking that. You know what I mean? I mean, I believed in they myself. They tell you the cop to what? I mean, you know, it was nothing that was like I can see that far. I couldn't, oh, wow. I couldn't see. I, I wasn't, that, the cop in a plea is pleading that you're guilty. Right. Like, and I wholeheartedly believe that I was innocent. So I'm not going to cop please if, you know, I'd rather go to trial and lose like a man. You know what I'm saying? And get the whole shebang. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, copping a plea is like, okay. Wait, tell you, cop out some words in morning. I mean, yeah, no, nah, it was like, it wasn't even, any, even if they said a year, I'm not doing that. I mean, I'm not giving my life to nobody and letting you and have then a, you gotta carry letting that, you right? have a conviction of me and you calling me then a, you gotta uh, carry and then you calling murder. me a, exactly no I was and that's or why manslaughter right, whatever, whatever. But, all yeah the same but it was shit. murder you know what I'm saying it, the word was murder it mm-hmm. wasn't manslaughter it was none of that it was second degree but at the end of the day the man pulled out a weapon in front of a bunch of children and I just so happened to have my gun license in the process of that mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying you know I believe in the law I will buy the law you know what I'm saying you know I do the right thing you know so I can stand tall. So it was a direct threat on your life. It was, you, it was a direct threat on my life and others. Right. So you in know. the course of that, he lost his life. Correct. Unfor- okay, so unfortunately. Two, unfortunately. So, unfortunately. So two, you can say unfortunately all you want to. Yeah, but I'm he gambled. Say, he yeah. fucking lost. Yeah, That's but, it. but you know, you know. You know, I hate to hear something, something yeah. happen, but he made yeah. a dumbass move. Yeah. No, nah, nah, that was a really, in, that was, you know. So two years you sitting in, you go to trial, you beat it. Beat that, yeah. You come quick. home, what, mm-hmm. is, what do you thinking about doing now? No, nah, I mean, still in New Bedford or you nah, like, I'm 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 moved, I moved straight to Atlanta because my brother and my whole family was out here already. You see right. what I'm saying? So my brother was already fighting. My brother Paul Delgado, shout out Paul Delgado, you know what I'm saying? You know, um, my brother was actually fighting for a world title and, um, you know, I was getting the news when I was in the joint, like, yo, look, he's fighting, he's winning. You know, my look, my brother knows the deal. He wasn't winning all his life, you know what I mean? But right. then he just on a streak of winning. I was like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying? But I'm, yo, he was blowing my mind. And then, you know, everybody's like, look, just get on. My father, as soon as I beat that shit, you know, my, shout out to my, my lawyer, John J. Connors. <laughs> Johnny Connors, the pug, right? <laughs> you ever in a fucking bind? You ever in a... You ever got a problem, you call Johnny Connors, all right? Might cost you a little nickel, but hey, tell you <laughs> He's the man. So you come down to Atlanta? Yeah. For Paul? For Paul, my whole family was out here, you know what I'm saying? But I used to, you know, come back and forth. But anyway, come out here, my brother already had a gym established with my dad in it. So it was like my dad and my brother, like old times, back in the day when we was kids. But let me tell you something, when I was in jail, I was very spiritual. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I know it sounds cliche, but... If you don't find God, you're going to go where you're supposed to go. Mm. You see what I'm saying? That's why it's set up where it's jail, then prison. You got to get your mind right in jail so you don't end up going to prison. Okay. It's, it's like steps to this shit. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, God, when he cares about you, he's going to sit you down. He's going to sit you down to figure out, you know, you're lost. You don't really have it together. You see what I'm saying? Like, even though the situation and the ramifications of what happened, you know, all that, but this is now a spiritual battle that I'm dealing with, you know what I'm saying? And anybody that is locked up will understand that. And if they don't, then they need to pick up a Bible, maybe. You know, whatever you do, a Quran, whatever you do, something's got to guide you in the right direction. You see what I'm saying? And the Bible just ended up grabbing me. And the funny thing is, I'm going to tell you this little story, small story, right? My Auntie Francine, right? Boom. Like, when I was like nine years old, I slept at her house, right? She used to make me pray before I went to bed. She's like, you got to get on your knees. I'm like, yo, what the hell are you talking about? Why you got to do that? So you got to get on your knees and you got to pray at your bed before you go to sleep. I called my mother. I'm like, look, I don't even want to be here no more. My mother's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, nah, she's making me do all kind of shit. She's making me pray on my knees. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. She's like, no, listen, you're not going to sleep until you do this. This is when I'm nine years old, right? Let me tell you about that seed that she planted on me, right? When that moment happened, I just said, you know what? I had nothing. I had nobody. I had, I had no outlets. I was trapped. I'm in a dungeon. I'm in locked up. So I just got on my knees and I said, "Look, God, I need, I need to, you need you to talk to me right now." You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, 
You tell me what's going to happen. And just right when I did that, bro, right when I did that, right when I did that, things just started going, like, in my favor. Like, like you know, I couldn't even be in my own county. Like, I had to get shipped out. Like, oops, this shit was, like, live TV. This was, like, some crazy shit that, you know, you know, it was like, but, but like, I felt my angels come to me. You feel what I'm saying? Now, this is really spiritual. I'm trying to tell you, like, when you activate God, man, like, this is nothing. I'm not playing with this. You can't play with this stuff. When you activate him, he sends his angels to you, man. And I was just getting carried, man. I was getting carried, and, and I was doing my duty as a, as a servant of God. In that moment, I started, I started getting so, I was so in tune with God and my spirituality that like he was bringing the best out of me everything that like was instilled in me in jail i was helping people so i was actually i was i believe that the situation that happened happened right and i say unfortunately because you know sometimes you know you got you know there's people that care about other individuals so I, i'll never you know i got class too you know what i'm saying i ain't a piece of shit you know what i mean so you know i say unfortunately but i was sat down for me to bring the best out of myself and to find out like you know, all my life I was figuring out this hustle, that hustle, doing that, but never was happy. I tried to figure out what was, what did God want for me? And I was doing in jail where he wanted me to. I mean, I'm like, I'm like controlling all the gangs. I'm in there like, you know, I'm in there fucking politicking. I had more peace on my unit. This is a maximum security. Like you couldn't even be on my unit unless you had an M. I mean, M, I said, I'm talking murder. So right. you got all killers on one unit. You know what I mean? You know. Hundred dudes that, you know, on the, everybody on the news, like, you know, but no leadership, you know what I'm saying? So I'm in there just giving values. People, people come to me to talk to me, but all I'm doing is talking to them, like giving them values. To just, just, you know, I wasn't with the, the, the rah-rah shit, you know, running in dudes' rooms. You know, I'm giving these kids guidance. See what I'm saying? And I had a little bread, God bless. You know, so I was eating and I fed other people. But the, my point is, I was in there changing lives, though. I was Coach Adam right there. That's when I found out I was Coach Adam, right in jail. Mm. So when I moved, when I got acquitted, right, mm. oof, God, by the grace of the Lord, right, because we're we going to keep it 100, right? Mm. We're keeping it 100, but we're going we gonna to keep this thing all the way 100 because if I ain't official with God, I ain't nothing. See what I'm saying? So whatever, got to get acquitted, fly out to Atlanta. My brother got the gym popping, right? But see, I didn't really know what my craft was going to be like. Because I told you, I've been away from boxing for so long. And I've just been in street fights. You know what I'm saying? Street shit. Be, you know, just, get, you know, you fucking a couple niggas, girls and shit. They get mad. You beat them up. Shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. It wasn't really no nothing. Anytime I had to put my hands on somebody, it's probably because I fucked their bitch. You know what I'm saying? Some heavyweight, you know, some nigga, you know, they get upset. You know, that's the only time I had to really Which, put the one. in my opinion, if we can... Parlay that into a quick quote from me. Yeah. It's some bitch shit. Because, right. because to it, me, right. you should be mad at your girl. Right. And I don't want to fight over now, no bro. Unless me and you are two dudes that mm. run together all the time, then right. I feel like you right. disrespected me because right. you knew that was me and you went after But it. you know why? Other I'm, than I'm, that, right. it's your girl's fault right. and that's who the fuck you should be mad at. But you know where that comes from? Taking a man's kindness for weakness. You know what I'm saying? People do that. You know, when I ain't out there doing thugging, doing things. I'm doing things in my community, man. I'm actually doing cookouts. I'm doing basketball tournaments. I'm doing positive things to uplift the, the indi individuals. So, you know, on a street mentality of ignorance, you're going to take that as like, oh, he just like some good, he a good fella. You know what I mean? He don't really, dog, like I've been training all my life for the bad guy. Like you don't want to be the bad guy. Don't, like, you know, I've been training all my life. Like I've been, I watched Rambo. <laughs> Charles Bronson, Death Wish. You know what I'm saying? This is the shit I came up off. Death Wish my shit. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? I've been training for you. I'm a, I train, fam. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Well, I got my pistol, right? I trained with my pistol. Like, like, I trained with my hands, right? First, I got my gun. My hands were sweating. I was like, oh, shit. This is nice. You know, I wasn't comfortable with my gun yet. So I started training with my weapon. Training. Going to the range three times a week. Just da 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 So I was sharp. What was I training for? Just, I don't know. Just in case shit. Just to be sharp. Just to be sharp. All right, let's get to when you come to Atlanta. You're telling us you got mm. the, the gym popping. You mm. still don't know what it is that Adam Pina is supposed to be doing. Right, don't. Right? But you felt but that I'm happy. coach 
in, when you were yeah, in jail. I, I knew that impact I had on individuals just throughout my life, but it was substantial in jail. It was it was it was evident. Right. In jail with brothers that was stamped brothers that was giving up. I was lifting them up, and me me winning brought hope to just what being a good person is and having good value is in your connection what God can do, like as He can move mountains. You Absolutely. see what I'm saying? So now, therefore, I go to the gym, and my brother's like, hey, go, go paint the bathroom. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, go paint the bathroom. You're going to do sit around all fucking day? You know what I'm saying? Go paint the bathroom. I'm like, ah, oh, are you kidding me, dog? So you go paint the bathroom. All right, I'll fucking go paint the bathroom, man. Did a horrible job, but I painted the fucking bathroom. <laughs> right? So I'm just sitting around. He's like, yo, listen, you can't just sit around all fucking day at the gym. You got to figure, you, gotta, you know what I mean? Go help somebody. I'm like, what do you want me to do? He's like, yo, go help somebody, man. You know what I'm saying? Go see that girl right there. Go see, look, her form's way off. Go tell her what she needs to do. So I go up to some chick and I'm like, hey, sweetheart, look, you know, you're doing that wrong. Let me just show you how to do that. And I didn't really have it. I didn't have a good approach at that point. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, look, you know, boom. And she's like, oh, thank you. You know, well, how does the next time I can come see you? I'm like, hey, you can see me anytime. I'm fucking here every day. And she's like, no, you know what I mean? You know, you can train me. So my brother's like, see, ding, ding. That's a client right there. See? Now I'm showing you how to make this money of what you know. And I know a lot. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right. So boom, I started doing that, right? But let me tell you what changed my life. When I put, is when I put them fucking hands in the mitts. When I put them hands in the mitts, the mitts, like the pads, when I put my hands in them. There's a lot of people that listen to this podcast. Right. I know what mitts are. Well, you okay. as a trainer so know let me, what let me, mitts let me are. Break Tell down. people what mitts are, what are they used for, why right. they're necessary. So what mitts are. We're going to teach some people right here. Mitt, mitts, mitts are the things that a boxing coach puts on his hands so a boxer can punch his hands. They're called mitts. Calls them, or pads. It's what you see Roger Mayweather right. use on Floyd mm-hmm. when they go through their routine and or, Floyd or, be punching or, or, or any boxer. Or Coach Adam Pina when you, if you tune in. Okay. <laughs> Those are what mitts are. <laughs> those are those are mitts. So when I put my hands in them, it was like, it was like touching like a booty. You know what I'm saying? It was like it was like whoa. You know what I mean? It was like damn. You know? And then and then I got to get in the ring, right? And then start to like articulate. It, it was just that thrill of being in the ring again. Cause I said I'll never get in the ring if I ain't like a pizza. I ain't gonna just play with it. You don't play with that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? So. I get in there and I'm doing the pads and I'm like, yo, this is this is crazy right here, cause I was getting the same adrenaline rush as I did when I was like just training or doing anything when you have the gloves on. So now you got somebody's attention and you're actually showing them what to do. And actually, I was in jail teaching people how to box too. I used to put like I made mitts in jail. I just motherfuckers was hurting my hands, so I had socks and put toilet paper in there <laughs> so I could show them how to fight. Okay. You know what I mean? But, you know, I, we had to let that go quick because I got... But I'm just saying. So I was already, like, two-stepping towards it. You see what I mean? So when I was doing the mitts, it was just I fell in love with the mitts. And then, and then it just, once it started going, it just snowballed into an effect, into a craft. I just, I'm in the gym every single day. And if you're in the gym every single day practicing a craft, you're going to get very good at it. Mm. I mean, I'm good at boxing. But, I would, I, you know, you're only as good as the mitts as you are as boxing. You can't just be a good mitt man. You got to actually have some good hands for that shit to back that up and some knowledge of, you know, the sport and what you're doing. So everything just kind of blended in like it's some good soup. You know what I'm saying? What is, what's, what's the toughest thing about coaching somebody in boxing? The toughest, thing, the toughest thing about coaching somebody in boxing is just like, you know, getting frustrated with their mistakes, trying to, trying to control your, you know, your patience with them. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you expect them to get it right, right there. You know, like right now, like fix that right now. But, you know, I got to remember, I got to remind myself that it's been years of, like even though I wasn't competing, but I was always in the gym, like just because my dad owned a gym. So I was always in the gym staying oiled, staying fresh, you know, hitting the bag and shit like that. But it took years of, you know, fine-tuning. And starting as young as I did, you know, that's what helps a lot of individuals. The, the younger you start, the more natural you look. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, if you start late, you look like you late. You see what I'm saying? But when you're young, it's just like, you know, it's like riding a bike. It's like tying and, your and, shoe. And you're moldable. Right. At, at a younger age Correct. than you are when you get older. And you just don't forget that kind of, like, that, them lessons. You know, you just, when you, when you know how to box, you know how to box, and it's forever. Is it a lot of investment, emotional investment, that a coach has into a, into a fighter? It, it, it is, especially when he believes in an individual. 
You know what I'm saying? And that's where the emotion comes in. Like, my dad, I seen his heart get broken all the time. That's why I'm all about the paper. Like, I ain't doing nothing, none of that. Like, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's got to be paper only. We ain't, I mean, I'll do some deals. I'll do some, you know what I mean? I'll do some. <laughs> but why did you say that? You said you because I seen his heart get broken a lot because my dad did it for free all his life. He never got paid. Right. My dad never did this and got paid. He told me, get your money. But that's why he's so important to me because he was a legend. So he he gave everything he had for me to make money today. So okay. doing what I do. You see what I'm saying? When because, you mean when you mean get his heart broken, what do you mean? Like training dudes and then Yeah, I mean I mean because you know you when you go when you go up in the hood, right? You know, you train somebody, you believe in somebody, and then he's out there pitching pitching some work and you know, I mean my house was a shelter. You know what I'm saying? Everybody lived at my house. You know what I mean? That's why like in my hood I was good. Cause we had the only gym, so every gang member came to my gym, all the hoods came to my gym. So I knew where your hand game was at too. So let's not get the shit twisted. You see what I'm saying? When I came up, I seen you. I know what you got going on, fam. So don't ever play that tough shit. But does it ever happen with with boxing trainers? I see a lot of these mm -hmm. dudes. They come through and they're young, mm -hmm. and then somebody trains right, them, and somebody right. trains it, them, and then they get to a certain level, and they feel like, well, I don't need this guy. It, it does. It, do, it does. It does. It does. And it breaks their heart. And then a, a real man, he ain't gonna show it amongst his family, but you can see it in him. Like, damn, I just lost this guy. And then he'll tell us, like, oh, you know, look at him. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, he's going to be the next one. And we're like, yeah, all right. Me and my brothers, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, all right. And, it, you know, I see him in the street doing his little thug, little, you know, it's like, psh. And then, you know, breaks my dad's heart. And then he just kept doing it because he just loved the sport. See, he wasn't doing about the money, though. He just did it because he believed in individuals. You see what I'm saying? He was pops in the neighborhood. He was pops all over the United States. Everybody know my pops. You can Google him. You know, Nate Delivermento, they call him pops. Look him up on Fight News when he died. Big, big, big article on Fight News. You don't die... And they don't write nothing on fight news. You ain't shit. Right. Definitely make fight news. So is that why you, as a coach, Coach Adam Pina, became more about your money than you are about investing your, your time, your opportunity, right. your, your home, opening your home and feeding dudes and doing all well, of this? Well, I'll still do that, but it's not going to be for free. It's not going to be because emotion and time is, is priceless, bro. And you, you can only get so far when you're trying to feed your family. And, you know, my dad, see, this is the difference between me and my dad. My dad had a side job, and then he went to the gym. See, this is what I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I believe in myself, and I look at people like art. Like, now now I'm at the point now where I write my own music with this shit. Like, pad work, right? You see the choreography. Mm -hmm. You see da 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 Right? See, I have my original pad work. Like, look, shout out to Roger Mayweather and the Mayweather whole foundation and camp. But listen, I don't do Mayweather pad work. I have Adam Pina pad work. See what I'm saying? And they would see that and respect that shit. You know what I'm saying? You can't just come in the game with somebody else's pad work and think you like supreme. <laughs> this is Adam Pina pad work. I can't come in like, yeah, hey, I got Roger Mayer pad work. I do the body. Nah. I strategically write my own music to my pad work to where it all makes sense. It would all, it would all make it like, which if you, you can utilize that in the ring, in the street. I do street boxing, honestly. Because I tell a lot of my clients, they're not even going to be boxers. You're going to be like, look, look, I'm teaching you how to box, but you might, you know, you might be in Kroger, you might be in Walmart, some shit pop off, man, you might have to just bust this one, two, three real quick. You know what I'm saying? Straight like that. I mean, hey, you know. So so who do you believe in right now? So you're a big fan of the sport. Okay. You're coaching. Yeah. Who, who do you believe in right now? I believe in Demetrius Boo Boo Andre. He's the world champion. He's my brother. I grew up with him. We grew up. You, you know you just can't throw I'm world champion out there because there's so many different nah. organizations. Nah. There's so many different weight classes, okay. NABF, WBO, WBA, WBC, North American. Like, you see dudes walking to the ring, IBF. Mm -hmm. You see dudes walking to the ring with belts that you never even fucking heard of right. in your life. Right, so I'm just, my man knows his stuff, huh? Huh? I'm a boxing my fan, and I remember when there was just one champion in every weight class. Right, so, so Junior, uh, you know. Junior. Well, he's the middleweight champion of the world. He won the 154 uh, WBA and the WBO. Okay. Okay. Demetrius, Boo Boo, Andrew, he was an Olympian. We grew up together. We fought together when we was kids. His dad and my dad were like brothers. We grew up together. We grinded together. I seen him. I watched him all his life. So it's like a storyline, me watching him. You know, and then the ironic thing is when I really got well with the pad work and I was putting my shit online, you know, he reached out to me and was like, yo, hey, look, I'm going to come see you. I was blown away by the shit. Like, yo, you really? He's like, nah, look, I'm coming. I want some of that. Because, you know, good pad work is like, a rapper trying to find a good beat. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, and he said, you know, you got that little, 
you know, but then it became more than that because, you know, I motivate him. I get in his head. You know, I talk that shit, all that. It's not just pads. But, you know, he has his own, he has a camp. He got his dad, Paul Andre. That's his father. Uh, he got Mike Veloz. He got my cousin, Sharik Mendes, for his strength and conditioning training. Um, he has a great camp. He has great, he has a great foundation. He has just, you know, he's the king of the, he's the, king of the ring. Yeah. But, you know, just the, the, the relationship I have with him, it was that special to do pads with him. And, and just go on it and just ride on that journey again with him. You know what I'm saying? Like just, you know, you know, no judgment. Just, you know, he believed in me. Even when I was in jail and all that shit coming out, that's why he told me to come out with his belt because I'm, I'm a champ. I'm undefeated. I ain't, I ain't lost yet. Street fight, nothing. You know, I'm just saying. Let me just keep it 100. I still got the O. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we still got the O. You know what I mean? Everybody know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just talking that shit. Hey, look, I ain't humble, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry, like, humble's for second would place. You, would you want to completely take over and train a fighter? Um, I just want to train the world. Honestly, it's not just about fighters. It's about everybody's a fighter. You're a fighter. My, my man right here, my book writer, he's right here beside me, AJ. He's a fighter. I got my producer right here, Nami Da Vinci. These are all the best individuals at what they do. Like me, I bring out the best people. I bring out the best in people through boxing. You know what I'm saying? Through my craft, I bring out the best in people. It's like, it's different. It's not just about boxers. Because honestly, all I grow with is Demetrius Andre. I'm not looking to be the king, the best coach, none of that. I just want to be the best at what I do for the world. You know what I'm saying? I believe that everybody can benefit from boxing training. Hmm. Like, 100. Like, I'm not even lying. Because, like, the reason so why. So, if I, a young prospect came, mm-hmm. came to you, right? great amateur record, mm-hmm. just needed that extra oomph. Mm-hmm. They came to you and said, I saw what you did. Mm-hmm. Demetrius told me to holler at you. Boom, mm-hmm. told me to holler at you. You mm-hmm. would train him? Yeah, I would. I would. I ain't no bullshit. I would. And, you know, I'll take that on the chin if my heart get broken, but I'll definitely train him. But he would have to come to me. I have to see that. It was, it, you know, it's a lifelong relationship because it's about loyalty, too. You can't just be, like, taking lefts on me. Like, you can't just take a left turn like, ah, you know, I'm coming with this guy. I'm going with that. It's like, yo, fam, you know, you can't do that. Like, let's, let's, let, let, let's talk real quick because you love the, the, the art. Mm-hmm. It is, it's a sweet science. You mm-hmm. love it. Let's it's, talk it's about it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the best. Mm-hmm. What do you say? What do you see when you look at Floyd Mayweather Jr.? Where does he fall in as um, the best? <clears throat> right now, right now, currently, I wouldn't say the best ever did it. No, definitely wouldn't say. Is that. he one of the best? That's ever definitely done. one of. Yeah, on a business level, yes, business level. But my opinion, as okay, a, now no. that's a that's a, a great. Business level. Business level. Pathway for us to go down. Right. Because some people say, and there are. I wouldn't say the best champion. There are people that have opinions Mm -hmm. that say Floyd took a lot of fights Mm -hmm. that he shouldn't have took and passed up on a lot of people that would have really given him a chance. Well, see, one thing about Floyd, he knows how to time things. It's all about timing. And he does what he wants. Well, he timed out the shit out of Pacquiao. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Look, he's he's in control of his life. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Okay, being in control of your life, that's fine. And getting your money Mm -hmm. and getting out of the ring with all your faculties is a great thing, too. And I commend Mm -hmm. Floyd for being able to do that. But I don't don't think he's the greatest champion. I understand where he's been at. Mm -hmm. And I understand that a lot of people made a lot of money off of him. Mm -hmm. And it was time for him to make money Mm -hmm. off of himself. But what do you say Mm -hmm. about him that other people, pundits of people that love boxing mm-hmm. that say a true champion a yep. true champion yep. takes on another true champion when they're both in their prime we saw Hearns and Hagler mm-hmm. in their fucking prime yes. we didn't see him okay. wait out until no. one of them got old yeah. and slow we right. didn't see that we right. didn't see him pick people who were smaller than him sometimes we saw Ray Leonard take on Hagler who was much taller than him and yeah. had a better reach than him right. at the prime of their careers Right. That's that's what some not me per, per se, but some pundits say about Floyd. What do you say? Um, this is very true. This is very true. But like I said, he strategically, you know, planned out his life and his in his direction on where he was going on a business level, um, in his brand, you know what I'm saying? Um from what I know about Floyd, you know what I'm saying? I don't know him personally, but from what I 
what I've, I've seen. I've had interactions with Floyd. Well, he's well, a great. He's a, he's always been a right. respectful, yeah, nice, I mean, decent dude yeah, to me. Definitely, I have and, nothing bad. And to I know say people about that Floyd know. And I know I'm people just throwing the question right, out there. Yeah, and I know people. And I know people that know Floyd also. Uh, and and, and, and I think I think he's inspiring. His work ethic, man. His work. He works hard. He works every day. It works. He works when you don't think he's working. I have never seen a dude before in my life that does not smoke. Mm-hmm. doesn't drink maybe his vice is liking to have money and spending money frivolously and women but this dude will go host a club yep. in vegas and then yep. run home right well that's at that's, four o'clock that, in the but you know what though he he built that empire man like he you know he he is a, a example on what you should be when when you when you're dedicated and you're disciplined as a champion when you got that much on the line like that one smoke that one drink can ruin your whole life. Right, but can ruin for, your life. To take the de- to play the devil's advocate, and Floyd, no, I got a lot of love for him. To play the devil's advocate once again, when you take a fight like Conor McGregor, right, that was all. That that's was all a money grab. Yeah, but that was all entertainment. I mean, everybody knows that, though. I mean, that's not even talk about. Yeah, but I leave the I leave for Steve Aoki, and he mm. didn't fight Steve Aoki uh, for a championship. Now let's talk about champions. All right, this is my t- my perspective of a champion is like the difference you make in people's. Not just on the business side. Are we life. thinking too old school? Nah, I mean, I'm thinking, like, listen, currently, like, even like, you know, I'm not, no, no shade, I ain't throwing no shade on Floyd, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, you we're know, talking like, honestly. Like, 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 but, but, but see, I, I like Floyd Mike, I like, I like, see, I grew up, I grew up, see, I'm going to talk, and I don't give a fuck if he does or not, so my thing is about what I grew up off, I grew up like watching Mike, Mike will tell you, he still got the energy that I believe in, it's like, when you a champion, you can be able to walk your kid to school and touch the people, it's all about touching the people, like, literally touching them, like, you know, it's not about whose bill you paid and whose life you changed and whose scholarship you sent kids to. Can you actually come out like Joe Lewis did and, and different champions and, and just come out and just feel the people? Come out in the whole crowd and just let them touch you. Touch you. Just, hey, right. champ, chump, Ali, champ. Ali made a, a hell of a difference mm-hmm. in, but in that's most why, human beings. But that's, why, but that's why you will always call him the greatest because when he was a champion, he, used, he utilized his platform. To make a difference in the world, man. Right. It was like he used it to make a statement. He used it to make his, bring out his voice, other people's voices. He lost his livelihood in I mean, the prime I of mean, his fucking career. I mean, I mean, but you know what I'm he's saying? He's in the prime of his career. But, but, but my point is, a champion, a champion, you look, you look at as a god. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You look at like he, you're a hero. So like your fans want to touch you. They want to reach out. They want to connect you. They want to feel you. You know what I mean? They want that per. They want they want that champ. And, back and, to the back to the original question about Floyd. Right. In the annals mm. of the greatest of all time for their time, because I I'm like this with hip hop. I'm I'm I don't on. believe that you can say mm. who's the greatest of no, all time because there's some, been some people who've been great, great every, yeah. in their era. And that's the same way you gotta look at boxing. Because there's right. different weight classes, there's different individuals that in bring his, things to the table. In his era and in his weight class, is mm-hmm. he the one is he the greatest we've ever seen? Boxer, strictly none of the outside, none of who he chose in, to in fight. His, no in business. His, in his weight, in that <laughs> rank, in his weight class, yes, in his era, until he has been beat, then you know he can say whatever he wants. And I'm asking your opinion. Do I think he's the best? In in his era and in his weight class for his time. I do. Got, like, it's like I do. 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 I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bullshit you right now. I do. I do. I'm saying I, I do. I, I believe he's still the best. You know what I'm saying? So, but um. God bless him. The, the yeah. boy's nice in the ring. Yeah, nah, I, no I know. It, it's not that. that he's nice. He's great. He's great at what he does. You know what I'm saying? But we're talking about like, the, the you know what I feel as a champion. You know what I'm saying? But uh, we're not gonna go there. But as far as who's we your did, favorite champion of all time? Who's my favorite champion? Demetrius Andre. <laughs> Demetrius Boo Boo Andre is my favorite champion. Let's take it out of your personal friends. Nah, okay? we ain't gonna take. We're gonna stay right there. Let's take it out of your personal friends. We're gonna stay right come there. Come on, come on, Adam. We gotta stay there, come man. On. We gotta stay. We gotta stay gonna go no, we ain't gonna go, go Ali. We gonna go Mike Tyson. Listen, I like a little bit of everybody. I like Hector Macho Camacho. I like Meldrick Taylor. I like Penelope Whitaker. Meldrick Taylor earlier. What did you like about Meldrick? I Taylor like. Style? I like. I like Meldrick. You know, Meldrick was robbed, and everybody knows that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We ain't gonna go back to that fight with him and Julio uh, Cesar Chavez. He got fucking. Robbed you know, he got robbed by the by the ref. 
you know, but it, that's what shows what politics can do, and it still does. That's what the, the art of boxing is. Is that one of the points that you hate about it? I mean, you know, it's just the, 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 the We've politics. We've seen it a million times. The politics, but you know, there was I, no draw I learned, between I learned, Canelo I learned, I learned, and Gennady Golovkin. Listen, I learned that to, was not a fucking listen, draw. After you get your heart broke a couple of times, you start to learn your lesson. You see what I'm saying? You start, you start to get emotional. You don't get emotional. I don't even care who's going to win. I just want to watch the fight. But here's my point. That's where I'm the at. The people that's fighting care about who's going to win because you could fuck somebody's whole livelihood up right. with one bad fucking ripoff of a fight. Right, but as a as a person watching, as a spectator. You don't know what's going to happen, man. The okie doke can happen to you at any time. You don't know who's, like, heavy with the bag involved with the politics and that shit. You know what I'm saying? You got people betting. You got all kind of just behind-the-scenes bullshit. You got the promoters running the fight, and their guy is the one that's fighting. You don't think their money and everything's backing on him? Because they're not even looking at that fight. They're looking at the next fight. Right. Or the like, they're, they're, already, they're already looking. They, they got a timeline to this shit. Like, all right, listen, after you win, right, we got – uh, six months down the line, you're going back in with this month. They got a story to tell. They ain't trying to let you get in between that shit. This is billions. Not millions. Billions. Tell me your favorite era of boxing. Uh, my favorite era, my era of boxing was the late 80s, early 90s. It was just, it was always the We're Mike. talking Meldrick, I'm, ta- I'm talking Mike Tyson. I'm going to talk Mike, Mike Tyson. Tyson because Mike Tyson brought the dog out of me. Like, even though he was a heavyweight, but and I still have that same state of mind that I will rip you in pieces if I put my hands on you, like if I put my hands on you, I'm not shaking your hand. I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring just, I'm gonna bring a dark, I'm gonna bring a dark road to you. It's not gonna come out right. You see what I'm saying? If you oppose me, I'm coming to you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I think mentally, like on business, whatever I do, just as a fight, as a winner, as a competitor, just in life, I take Mike Tyson's per, 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 his 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 perception of just destruction, and it comes off to some people as like, yeah, he's a little loony, but nah. He actually was a genius with his mental warfare. You know what I'm saying? Because he defeated you before he even, oh, yeah, he did. before he went in the ring with you. He defeated Holyfield. And, 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 Holyfield and, and, I mean, but, that, the, but, that, but that's fine. You know, but it took a time. It took it took Holyfield to see somebody. He waited him out. It took, he but did. It took, he it waited took, Mike it out. It took Holyfield. It he took, waited Mike no, out. No, but once you knew, once you learned you can box Mike and beat him. See, it's all about what you see before. It's people watch tape. You know what I mean? But when you know that nigga hit hard, you staying away from that. All that boxing shit's out the window. Yeah, but look, but all that boxing shit's out the window. When you know you scared, you don't want to get hit by him, you ain't going to take them chances. But now you know you've seen some, you've seen Buster. You've seen Buster duke him out, right? You're like, hold on, I could be, hold on. Changes your perspective on what you. Buster duked Mike out. He duked him out. At the right time. It was all timing. Mike was fucking up. Mm -hmm. Me and Mike was in the club the Mm -hmm. Friday before he was supposed to be in goddamn mm-hmm. Japan that Saturday right. in New York. Right, but so Mike was bullshit. Why, he wasn't Mike, on Mike, top Mike of his game. Mike was a wild. He was a cowboy. He liked to he live wasn't life. Training. Listen, one he thing. Was I'm, fucking up. Wait, listen, tell you that. listen. Floyd probably ain't, but most fighters are cowboys, man. Them boys go out, have a good time. All that. Don't I know it. All that discipline they do, they want to go out and let their hair down, man. At some point, right. A lot of these motherfuckers get fat. See, one thing about Floyd. Well, I'm gonna tell you what he he changed the game. What he's the innovator of training, 365 days of the year. See. Floyd trains all fucking year, from what I see, and and got other boxers to jump on that. Uh, but before that, a lot of fighters would fight and then just get fat. Just go get fat. They get out of shape and wait till they go to camp. And then it's like, you can see a lot of fighters, right, they're champions, right, and see them on the stream, like, who are you? Like, damn, man, you 190 pounds, fam. You fight, you a lightweight. Right. Motherfucker, wait till camp to lose 60 pounds. Nah, but when you're a professional athlete, you train all year. That's your life. But see, it, it took like Floyd, I'm gonna say it took Floyd to actually show that. Like, look, this is my life. I train every single day. I'm not saying every day, but he trains all year. He trains all year, but when he's going to a fight and yeah, so, fight, so, that's so when a he so, so, when, so when he gets in the camp, all he has to do is just up the ante real quick. Right. It's just, it ain't like he gotta get into first gear, second gear. You know what I mean? He's already, you know, his engine been going. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, you gotta stay ready so you ain't gotta get ready. You know, that's that, that's that, that's yeah, that. If you are ready, you don't have to get ready. You got to stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. So your favorite of all time, Tyson? I mean, of all time, you know what? Yeah, because you know why? I liked his attitude. I liked what he, when he executed everything he put his mind to. I liked his, his presence. I liked his, I liked his aura. I, li- I liked it. I liked it because it was beyond a boxer. It was, it was, a, he was a, he was a gladiator. Like, he was a monster. He was a student of the game. Also. He, he was a student of the game, and he had respect for who taught him. 
Like when you listen to Mike talk, he wasn't yeah, really. Real yeah, I mean, he just. He just Mike's hey. a real nigga. Yeah, I mean, he and just. We always you, love the you, underdog, you weren't right? comfortable around a real dude, period. Like, I you had mean? a lot of nice. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people Mike are a lot of people uncomfortable around a real fun dude. Times. Fun times. You know God what I mean? bless you, Mike. I love you. you hey, 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 look, God, look, definitely God bless That's you, Mike. My God. Let me tell you something. I cried when he lost. I cried. I, I actually had tears. I was like, nah, nah, Mike, no, no. This is not Mike? He fell off I cried. Listen, I, I was, listen, I was 10 years old. I cried. All right, I fucking cried. You He's snorting a lot of cocaine. Hey, whatever he did, a lot of boxes were. A lot of boxes were. But listen. I, I, always, I would like to believe, and I'll take this to my grave, had Customato not died, nobody would have ever beat Mike Tyson. Yeah. But you know what, I though? Like he was great, and he'll always be great. But you know one thing about America is they'll kiss your ass and spit, they'll suck your dick and then, and then spit your shit out once you fuck them over. Like, it's like, look, you can't forget about anybody that was great. It's one thing about America, right? It's like you can give them everything they want. Everything they want when they want it, right? But when you don't give them what they want in that moment, they're like, yo, fuck you, and forget about everything that you ever gave them. But you right. was blowing me every single day, though, before that. Blowing me. You and your wife. We was, you, was, you, you guys were swingers. You see what I'm saying? You, you know, this was a cockhole. What was it? You was watching, you was watching, you was watching your wife blow me when I was doing it. You was like, yeah, yeah, well, you kidding me? That's the chair, blow him. Listen, man, we had a lot of, t- a lot of fun with you, man, talking to you, Adam, uh, Coach Adam Pina. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your insight into the boxing game. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody once again the name of your establishment. Yeah, yeah. hey, we had Sandy Springs Body Works. I apologize for the vulgarity, but you know it's we do It's a podcast. It. We can do whatever I mean, the fuck right, but, we want. But you know what I mean? I'm telling you about America. Well, you kept it 100. I mean, and also, also um, your website, phone number, all mm-hmm. of that. I, mean, I got an Instagram. It's me again, Adam Pina. You can follow me. You know, I'm on Facebook, Adam Pina. It's only me. You could Google me, Adam P-I-N-A. Pina. P-I-N-A. No squiggly over my end. When the book? Book coming out, Tragedy to Triumph. Look, hold on. We're going to get two words from two guys. Real quick, this is my man, AJ. Look, he, he's, my, he's my writer for my book because I'm, look, I just tell my story. My man write it down. AJ Wallace, Clever Communications Publishing, Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Tragedy to Triumph. We got Da Vinci. Da Vinci Barcelo, iFreedom.com. We do all my videos, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we got a collective organization going on. I appreciate Ed Lover, he the OG. Like, look, I'm grateful for the opportunity, man. Listen, man, if you're interested in the fights, this is the guy that you need to talk about. If you're just interested in training, this is the guy that you need to talk about here in the Georgia area, man. He's a great guy, a great pad man, a mitt man, a great trainer, all the, and a great friend of mine, man. So we thank y'all for listening to this podcast, man. Remember to keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at you, to you, with you, and about your ass next time. Remember, keep God first, man. And you remember, always know with me, I give you the good shit and never the bullshit. Hey, tragedy to triumph. God is so good, man. I'll talk to y'all later. Come on, son. I get the fuck out of here. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device, credit, service, ported, 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.